people who choose youth work are truly amazing individuals. These are people who care so deeply for our young people and have a real passion for service. My name is Paul Munir. I'm the executive director of YIPA, and I'll interview some of these youth workers from around the globe, and we'll figure out just what makes them tick and drives their passion. Welcome to this edition of The Passionate Youth Worker. Hi, everybody. For this episode, we're joined by Annie Parrish from Minnesota here in the United States. Annie, thanks for being with us for this episode. Thanks for having me, Paul. It's going to be exciting to get to know you. I have had a little chance to speak with you already, and I can't wait to dive into some of the topics I know we're going to talk about. You are the program coordinator at REACH Mentoring Program. Can you just briefly tell us what you do there at uh, the mentoring program? Yeah, so REACH Mentoring Program serves young people aged 10 to 21 in Carleton County in northern Minnesota, about 30 miles away from uh, Duluth, Minnesota to the west. And I, I work uh, with young people on a program that they, they uh, created called Students Offering Support, SOS. And it is in eight school districts in Carleton County. It works to build uh, stronger mental health and social emotional skills. Um, I also uh, help with the group mentoring programming that we run uh, every day, Monday through Friday. And currently during COVID, we have a school support homework help as well, which is virtual Monday through Friday. Um, yeah, I also do a little grant writing uh, and community building with other uh, agencies within the county, connecting them with uh, our young people. Mm -hmm. It yeah. sounds like you're, you're um, a, lot, a lot like other youth workers where you do a lot of interfacing with young people, but you also do more administrative kind of things like grant writing and stuff that's very common uh, in this mm -hmm. field for people to have to wear many hats. Uh, is it safe to say you enjoy working with young people more than writing grants? <laughs> I do, but one of the things I've found that I really enjoy is working with young people together on a grant. Oh. We have written several grants together, uh, and I find that very rewarding, um, and it's exciting when we receive those grants to see the reaction that I get from the young people that I partner with. How cool is that? I've never heard of anybody writing a grant with a young person. So what kind of input do you seek from them just about what the, the, the program would look like or what, what, exactly. what, what role do they take? Um, exactly. Yeah. What, what they want to see with uh, the funds allocated, where they think that the programming should be heading towards, what types of trainings they want funding to have mm -hmm. um, to provide for them and for the community, uh, a variety of, of things. It's very helpful. It's, it's helpful. It's a helpful tool for them to learn too, to learn about budgets, yeah. uh, to learn um, about narratives, about mm -hmm. um, kind of this technical writing that needs to happen, um, understanding uh, how a nonprofit can operate based off of uh, these grants. Yeah. So all of that is very helpful. 
That's really cool. I am uh, absolutely amazed sometimes with um, the creativity that we see in youth work and youth workers and their programs to try to make all these things work. And what a wonderful opportunity for the young people and the team together to collaborate on a process. It's a great way to build relationships. Um, I also think you're a pretty creative person. We've had a lot of chance to a chance now to get to know each other a little bit as we were uh, preparing for this. And, and you strike me as a really uh, creative person, I know. But what was your uh, early years growing up like? Did you, where, and where do you think that creativity came from? Um, yeah, my early were, years were, were great. I had a wonderful elementary school experience. There were eight kids in my class. I come from a teeny tiny town in Southern Minnesota, farming community. Mm -hmm. um, and it was lovely, surrounded by lots of supportive adults. I'm an only child. Okay. So again, surrounded by lots of supportive adults. Um, and it was kind of bliss until mm -hmm. the seventh grade when, um, like lots of rural communities, schools began to consolidate. And yeah. uh, I was bused into a larger school, um, which had a tenfold uh, amount of kids in my class wow. and became quite challenging uh, because I had been encouraged uh, to be my authentic self, to be creative in the way that I dressed and um, expressed myself and be okay with, with who I was. Mm -hmm. um, and when I got to this larger school, uh, lots of self-doubt uh, began to occupy my adolescent brain and it, it really was a struggle. I was bullied for, for being okay with who I was and I, it was quite confusing. Yeah, that's really hard. And those, those middle school years are really tough. And um, how did you cope with, with that bullying? I, that, that, um, I can't imagine how difficult that must have been. Again, I was surrounded by lots of adults who encouraged me just to to be who I was. Um, I have a fascination with vintage clothing and I would wear my mother's clothes from the 60s and 70s. And, um, and I loved them. And my mom loved seeing me in them. And, and I think that that just gave me the strength to just stay true to who I was. And eventually, uh, you know, when I got to college, I met other people who, yeah. who felt the same way. And uh, it really validated um, myself. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you did have a lot of support around you. And what wonderful parents to encourage you to, to be yourself and express yourself in a way that felt comfortable to you. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about your mom and dad? I'm curious as to what they're, they were like. Yeah, my mom was very creative. She is very creative. Um, and my father was, he passed away three years ago, um, around this time. So the holidays are quite challenging and have been for the last three years. Um, but he practiced radical love and, um, modeled that for me throughout my whole life. He approached everyone and um, any kind of challenge or difficult situation with radical love. Wow. 
um, it it was a, a wonderful, um, supportive childhood. Yeah, well, I'm so sorry to hear about your dad. I can't imagine um, having somebody who taught you to, to lead with love uh, be away from your life. That's got to be really difficult. Um, so this whole idea of leading with radical love, you know, does that apply to your work today, do you think? Are you um, carrying him with you in, in what you do? I, I, I hope so. I, I try to. I every day meditate and think about the ways in which um, I can move with radical love um, and um, model myself after how my father led his life. Mm -hmm. So I, I hope so. I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, well, I, if the little bit of it uh, that I know about you, I think you're probably doing that very well. And, and did, did your mom have a similar kind of influence on you too, do you think? My mom was, is very, uh, is very strong and, um, and she models a, a very profound thing to me, which is understanding the importance of having boundaries mm. and um, having being tenacious and not giving up and uh, and always uh, rising again if if you've fallen, especially after the, the death of my father. She's, um, of course, she's, she's very sad and, and, is, and is still in mourning, but she manages to, to get up and to find joys through, through the day and maintain a, a, a quite busy schedule. Mm -hmm. um, although I think it's diminished during COVID, so I hope it, it, all of this stuff uh, ends soon <laughs> so she can get back into her, her groove again. But, nice. um, but that, that has been a wonderful model for me as well. Sounds like a great combination. Um, you were like built to be a youth worker, I think. Um, talk about tenacity and perseverance and appropriate boundaries, but also just this intense compassion. Uh, what a wonderful thing. So did you jump right into youth work when you got done with school or did you take a, like a detour to get here or how did you end up you know, being a youth worker? Yeah, how does one? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's I, got a different story. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to be a dance therapist uh, when I graduated high school and I went to a school for dance therapy. Um, while studying dance and dance therapy, um, I uh, began to be very unhealthy with the way that I treated my body as far as um, being quite restrictive with food um, and of course just the rigors of being in the dance world um, with rehearsals and practice and um, it all became very overwhelming to me uh, and there was a downward spiral. I, I lost mm -hmm way too much weight and was just very unhealthy. Um, I, 
I just want to say, I don't think my mindset was to lose the weight. Mm -hmm. My mindset at the time was I wanted to be the best dancer. And that means that I have to be quite restrictive with what I'm eating and I have to be the best. And that means um, eating only vegetables and practicing all the time. And, uh, and that just is extremely unhealthy. As a 19, 20 year old, uh, I went home and was supported by family and realized realized that I needed to take a, a step back and and reevaluate what I was doing. Well, thank you for sharing that story. Um, I'm, I'm so glad that you uh, took care of yourself and, and now are you know healthy and strong. And you're an incredibly um, expressive person. And the way you told that story was very, uh, very real. And I appreciate you telling that. So then after you kind of reevaluated, is that when you started working with young people or is there something in between there? Um, I ended up getting a, a education degree. My grandmother uh, taught at a one room schoolhouse in Southern Minnesota. Oh, wow. and yes, I know. <laughs> and my father taught at a community college. Um, and so education was, um, important to my family. Learning uh, and teaching were important. And so I thought, uh, I'll, I'll do that. And I, I uh, got a degree and out of that, I was asked to, um, to be a AmeriCorps Promise Fellow for Minneapolis Public Schools. Yeah. And that's where my love of youth work Got really okay. started. Yeah. And what did you do there as a, as a Promise Fellow? Did you work in a school and support uh, educational uh, things with young people? I did. I worked at a school that no longer exists called Afrocentric Educational Academy. It was in uh, North Minneapolis. It was a beautiful school. And uh, small numbers, there were 90 young people there. Um, what I learned from it is that I like to be working with young people, but outside of kind of a dominant structure of an institution like a public school. If that makes any sense. I, I, the things that I like to work on with young people um, are much more... Um, are outside of maybe the state standards yeah. uh, that are required of schools. So yeah, and I I, I, I heard you say one time that you kind of compared youth work to like good jazz music. Yeah, um, and your definition of that and, and the, the ability to improvise. Can you talk about that a little bit because that is really cool to think about it that way. Yeah, I think that that exactly that speaks to that. It youth work is like jazz. Um, you gotta know the basics you you and you gotta be good at those you gotta you gotta know the have a good foundation um read those books uh listen to young people uh listen to a lot of young people think about things be reflective uh but in the moment you can you could have planned out using the best curriculum have a great idea of where you're going to head um, with young people on this journey. And then it just doesn't pan out. No, it's not what no. the young people want. Yes. It's not what they need. And you got to 
change your tune. You got to change the speed. You got to you got to do all those things that all the jazz greats are are able to do. You improvise. You riff, and yeah, that's youth work. <laughs> It is. Well, that's a, a wonderful place to uh, take a little break here. But when we come back, I'd like to talk a little bit more about this um, flexibility and this ability to kind of uh, navigate in an unpredictable world sometimes. So we'll be right back uh, uh, right after the short break. No matter how you support our young people, the professional youth worker powered by YIPA has your training and learning needs covered. Visit training.yipa.org. That's training.yipa.org to see for yourself and then join the thousands of youth workers around the globe who learn from our easy-to-access, exceptional trainings. From our blogs to our podcasts, The Professional Youth Worker is your go-to resource for tools to help you keep going, keep learning, and keep growing. Members enjoy free, unlimited access to live online and on-demand trainings and a preferred discount pricing for our one-of-a-kind certificate course. Annual memberships are just $99 for individuals and only $250 for your entire organization. Visit training.yipa.org today to learn more. That's training.yipa.org. And we're back with Annie Parrish, uh, who works at REACH Mentoring Program. She's the program coordinator there. Annie, right before the break, you were you just a great definition of youth work as, as improvising like in a jazz band. And um, you talked about the need to be able to, to, to change and adjust and to be flexible and to meet young people where they're at. And you use the analogy of improvising as a, as a beautiful way to do that. So what's it like for you when you're working with the young people or working with young people and you realize that, okay, this isn't going at all how I thought I would. How do you kick into the improvise? What do you do to kind of get mirrored with the young people? How do you read the room? Okay. Wow. Yeah. Like a yeah, comic. Okay, talk more about that. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have flat out said it. Like, this is not working, is it? This is not where we're at. And um, I really result, I, I really resort to using social emotional learning then mm -hmm. it's now it's time to do a check-in now it's time to 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 figure out where people are where the energy is um how how we can regain some energy that was lost if the room has flattened fizzled um and and that's kind of how i do it i just take the temperature of everybody how 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 is everyone feeling where where should we be moving more? I saw, I, I often say, I saw a lot more energy around this topic. I heard a lot more conversation when we talked about that topic. Um, and uh, I don't know if that's the best way to do it, but that's how I, I've done it. Well, I think that's, a, that's a, a good way to do it, no doubt about it. Um, I think back to when I used to work with young people and one of the things I prided myself in was being able to 
to go with the flow and, and to not have a prescribed plan of how things were going to go because I thought that was the only way to connect with young people. You had to really follow their lead. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what you do in jazz music, right? Is you are, you, you're following where the group's going and you're just, you're, you're tagging along and jumping in and, and adding to that when it's time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a great way to do it. So when, when you're working with young people, are there things that really give you hope, Annie? Like when, can you think of a day or a time when you just thought, Ah, I just love this stuff. Oh, there's every day. Every oh, cool. day I'm with young people, there's that. Um, I, it's an energy or a light in, in their eyes. It's um, a smile. It's a, a joke. I, I love it when they tease me uh, about things. Um, and uh because i know that they care <laughs> mm -hmm. if that makes sense it um, does yes so uh so those are the things that are, just delight me every day um i i love it when they say things like we're a family or mm -hmm. um i i can really be myself around you um that that's everything. That's, that's the radical love. That's, that's the beauty of youth work. Wow. They must really pick up on your presence, I bet. And they, they, they sense that. And, and, um, and, and so this whole thing of getting back to about leading with love, like, okay, so there's wonderful opportunities in youth work and some days are really great. Other days when it's just not going well at all. Right. And, and especially when we, um, when young people get dysregulated and they do behaviors that are pretty problematic that sometimes are very exhausting to deal with and difficult to deal with. Um, are you able, do you think, to bring that love forward and, and uh, do it even in the times of, of you know, stress and, and pressure and difficult things? I, I hope so. I, I know I, not all the time. And those are the times where I have a sleepless night when I know in ref, upon reflection that I should have said something a different way, could have done something a bit different, didn't ask something when I should have. Um, yeah, that, that keeps me up at night. I want to do better. And so then it's repairing that harm, like going back the next time I have a an encounter with that young person, uh, some time with that young person and apologizing for not doing what I should have done, for doing something that I shouldn't have done, making amends for that, and then figuring out a, a way where I try my darndest not to ever make that mistake again. Wow. You know, one of the things that I think makes really good youth workers is the sense of self-awareness and the fact that you talk about you have sleepless nights from an event that happened at work is just a testimony to how much you really care and how much you've put into this and it's difficult sometimes to dig deep into our own selves about what we say and what we do but that is our obligation right to figure out why it is we did that or why it is we said that 
and do that self-exploration is it sometimes it's about us um where things come out can you think of like i mean have you ever had an experience where you, you think like oh gosh i i said that probably because of something that's related to you or something in your past or something like that yeah yeah um You know, I'm, this is something, this is so, this is so good for me right now. Uh, I want to encourage young people that I partner with to, um, to figure out um, the spots that are uncomfortable for them to be reflecting on, to be living in, um, whether that's about privilege or uh, whether that's um, just about trying something new. Mm -hmm. I want them to be pushed a little bit into that uncomfortable zone so that they can grow. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, sometimes I push too hard. I know it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I uh, didn't set it up the right way. I may have flippantly said something uh to push them in into trying something new and they were not ready and that is on me i i have to be responsible for that um yeah i think i think that's a really honest answer and i think that um we all have a tendency to want to do that and, and not only just in youth work but i think in life in general right sometimes we want something so bad for somebody else Mm -hmm. that we get frustrated when they don't go there and we're just going, come on, you know? And, and I think that happens a lot in youth work where it seems so apparent to us what needs to happen. Mm -hmm. But until that young person's ready to take that step or see it themselves, then it's just really about us, right? If, if, we're, if, if we're just pushing it forward when they're not ready. I know it. I know. And it's, I have to say it's quite hard during this COVID uh pandemic that we're living in right now I have so many young people who are on the verge of graduating and it's so difficult there's and I understand it's so difficult to motivate yourself to do online learning it's yeah. just not working for a lot of folks right and I think to myself oh, you have one credit you have one credit to graduate and it's I I need to, I need some support around that from everyone who cares about young people. How can we help? How can we support them in reaching their goals during this horrific year that we've had on, yeah. on many different levels, not just the pandemic, all of the racial strife, all of the real reckoning that really needs to be happening. I just, yeah, I, it's a call. I'm calling out to everyone yeah. <laughs> who cares about young people. Let's figure this out. Yeah, that's a difficult thing. And that's the art of, I think like that's the art of youth work is you never really get good at this. You only can get better. Mm -hmm. And um, and I think that it's a lifelong journey uh, to figure out how to deal with situations like that where you, you just see and you want so bad, but you have to be patient and hang on. Usually it involves consulting with people or having a trusted person to talk about do you have people like that in your work or uh, in your life that you can uh, kind yeah. of address some of these 
problems or the sleepless nights with? I have my buddies from graduate school, from my youth development leadership uh, cohort. I love them. We're, cool. we're still pretty tight, really tight. Um, and uh, and I, I have them to help help me through these these scenarios and situations and talk through things and um, you know dig deep into our knowledges um, and then I have my the people that I work with my boss is amazing the executive director of our organization is uh, is a wonderful listener oh, he is empathetic and uh, a wonderful um, person that I can I can turn to for for honesty and truth and always always trying to do the right thing he his integrity is vast mm -hmm. wouldn't it be nice if we had uh, apprenticeship type things in youth work where you you had people who have been through some of these situations time and time again and have learned a lot about how to deal with them and I think sometimes in our field, we miss that. We mm -hmm. um, think like, if you can talk with young people, somehow you're gonna be good at this. But boy, like the, the situations you're talking about and how deeply you think about this stuff shows like how difficult this work is. And um, thank goodness you have that support system around you because it could be difficult to hang in there sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it is, it's, uh, it's, it's hard work. It's great work. It's, um, I, it's, I can't imagine doing anything else with my life, but it is my, my, my passion. <laughs> That's great. And I can tell, uh, I can, I can just honestly tell, uh, and it's, it's been so nice getting to know you and to hear some of your stories. But Annie, before we go, I ask every guest on the show to share some words of inspiration or hope. Can, what do you have for our listeners today? Oh gosh, um, I I have I have a question for you. I think um, I think listening is key always. Have you ever heard of someone criticize a person about listening too much? Ah, uh, I have not. I don't think I have. No. So. Talking we can just do much. that. Talking I get, too. I get accused of talking way too much. <laughs> but never listening too much. No. I've never heard someone say, you listen too much. Unless it's eavesdropping. But yeah. <laughs> right, right. But, but it's just kind of weird or creepy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So listen, listen, listen. You can't ever listen too much. <laughs> wow. That, that, that's a great way to end it. And you're right. We don't talk about listening enough, I think. We always talk about what do you say? What do you do? But the big thing is to just learn and, you, you, you know, and hear what young people are telling us. That's, that's really good advice, Annie. So thank you for uh, sharing your stories. And I'm so sorry about your father. He sounds like just an absolutely wonderful person. And, and your mother does too. And your stories about bullying and your stories about your, uh, the way you looked and working out and, and not being healthy with your weight, um, that also is very touching. And, and, and we thank you for sharing those stories. And thank you for all the work you do for young people. Well, thank you for allowing me to have this time. It was wonderful to share it with you, Paul. Cool. And thank you to all the listeners out there. 
we know that you uh, are doing incredible things yourself. And we know that you can relate with a lot of the stories we talk about on the Passionate Youth Workers. So we're glad that you're listening. And if you like this podcast, we would encourage you to subscribe to it wherever you found us uh, and become a regular listener. We'd love to have you check in and hear more stories from incredible people doing youth work. And I'd also like to invite you to share feedback with us, whether it's positive or negative. Um, just shoot us an email. You can find our email address at yipa.org. That's Y-I-P-A.org. And, and you can find my information there. And let me know what we could do to uh, make this podcast better because we really are out to try to help you in your youth work. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Passionate Youth Worker. I'm your host, Paul Munir. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to share your passion for youth work, we'd love to spotlight you as a guest. Just visit us at training.yipa.org. That's training.yipa.org and click on the podcast tab and send us your information. This podcast is made possible in part due to the generous contribution from M Health Fairview. I'm your host, Paul Benier. Thanks for listening to The Passionate Youth Worker.